Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Absolute Game of Nerds with your hosts JP and Rohan. And today in episode three, we're going to get into our acquisitions that we picked up in 2022. We're going to talk about what books we got. And then we're going to talk about any regrets we have from 2022 or any misses we had. And then we'll get into our targets for 2023. Now, some of you may have heard last week in the hunt for 181, what a target, one of our targets. So we'll get into some more details on other targets we have. And based on time, we'll try to get into some of the our thoughts on the movies and shows of 2022 and what shows we really liked and what shows we found disappointing. So what we're going to do is we'll let Rohan start. He put, uh, we got his slides ready. I'm going to bring him up here, but we're going to let him talk about books he got in 2022. Uh, yeah, so uh, first of all, I apologize. I lost my voice over the holidays, so I am a little raspy uh, today, but I will do my best here. Um, so yeah, my top 10 of 2022. So again, I started collecting again in 2022. So unlike JP, I don't have books from my childhood that I had left over. So my top 10 gets from 2022 are also coincidentally then my top 10 books in my PC. Um, also really interesting, nine of my top 10 were all acquired in the last couple months via trade. Uh, so didn't have to spend a new dollar to get these. Uh, but starting at number 10, we got Iron Man number one. Uh, I really like this book. This is one of the few classic solo covers I remember as a kid. It was this one, the Wolverine limited one, and the Punisher one that always stuck. Oh, and the Silver Surfer one. Um, that I always remembered. So getting this one was a, was a big get for me. Uh, number nine was that one I just mentioned, Silver Surfer, number one, right? First solo series of the Silver Surfer. One of my three uh, favorite characters that I've mentioned both in the last two episodes. Uh, number eight would be Iron Man 55, which of course is the first appearance of Thanos. Thanos is one of my top three um, villains in Marvel and in general. So um, that was a big one for me to get. Uh, number seven is Marvel Spotlight number five, the first Ghost Rider appearance. Uh, this is the one in the book in the set of 10 here that I did not trade for. I bought this one. I got a stream and teal on it that I found. Um, so I picked it up. And I actually sent this off to CGC. It should be actually arriving back today or tomorrow. Would it um, one come back as? This was a 2.5. Like it looks much better. But you can't tell in the bottom right corner, someone took like a pair of scissors and just like cut a three and a half inch slice through the cover. You can't see it unless you like pull the page apart. So this is like a perfect example of like buying the book, not the grade, right? It presents very well, especially I've got it cleaned and pressed. So like that spine roll is also fixed. So it's a 2.5, but it'll look real clean. It looks nice. Yeah. Uh, number six is Fantastic Four. Number 52, of course, the first uh, appearance of Black Panther. I'm a big Black Panther fan. Um, so just another fun uh, one to get there. Uh, number five is Amazing Spider-Man number 50. Uh, in my opinion, this is the most iconic Spider-Man cover. Uh, it's my favorite Spider-Man cover. Uh, first appearance of Doc, uh, not Doctor Who, but of Kingpin, which is also... Uh, my three favorite Spider-Man villains would be Kingpin, Doctor uh, Octopus, and Green Goblin. Those first appearances are books I hope to get down the line. This is the one I got now. Um, so happy to have it. Number four, Silver Surfer number four. 
uh, in my opinion, this is a top three all-time cover. Heck but yeah. I just love this thing. It is just screaming awesome. Um, so this is one of the early, like, big grails I always targeted out. Definitely iconic. Yeah. Number three would be Fantastic Four 49, another awesome cover. But this is the first full appearance of Galactus and the second appearance, but first cover of my guy, Silver Surfer, a huge book for Silver Surfer. Right? Number two will be Giant Size X-Men number one. I love the X-Men. Um, X-Men one is probably not going to be within my reach at any time, anytime soon. Um, so this is the next best thing to me. And this is also the team that I grew up on. I grew up watching the X-Men cartoon. This was the team in the cartoon for the most part. So this is as good of a book as I can get right now. Now, is that this is considered the second appearance of Wolverine? Second appearance of Wolverine, first appearance of Nightcrawler, Storm, and Colossus. Now, now what Wolverine was in Hulk 182, correct? <laughs> but I think yes. he was, right? Yeah, yeah. Part so, of it, but this one came out in between that, right? From what I gathered. No, so. so they, I think CGC now calls 182 the second cameo. Oh, uh, okay. Because the 180, he's in the last panel, which we talked about last week, where he's coming on, he's like, fight me, I'm the Wolverine. 181, he's on the cover. He's through the whole book. 182 is like he's on the first page, and it's like a helicopter from like the Canadian government that's like, all right, Wolverine, you've had your chance. Your time is up. Come back. And they like reel him in, and then the that's book it. goes on. So it's like it's one panel 180, one panel 182. So then this, I think CGC now considers the second full appearance of Wolverine. And a cover appearance, too. There you go. And a cover appearance, yeah. Yep. Uh, and then the top book, as I mentioned, my favorite guy, Silver Surfer. So Fantastic Four 48, uh, first appearance of the Silver Surfer. I will say, before I got both of these, I always thought 49 was a far superior cover. And I still think it's the better cover of 48 and 49. Uh, but once I got this book in hand, which I got, this is the, my most recent trade, it really like stuck out to me. Like It is an iconic cover. Um, and I, I, I think now the gap has closed between 48 and 49. Um, I still think 49 is better, uh, but I, I definitely am digging this. And I also, in my trading, I've got FF50. So I have now the full Galactus Silver Server trilogy, uh, which is a big, big get for me, in my opinion. That is the best trilogy storyline in comic books. So I'm happy to have those three. So that's the top 10 for me. That's definitely an iconic cover. I've seen, I have a, uh, it's from the 90s. It's a big, uh, big hardbound book with Spider-Man on the cover that is, um, I think it's like an encyclopedia, but it's a history of Marvel. It's a really good book. Great to learn the history. Uh, granted, it's only the 90s, so a lot's happened since then. But this book was one of those ones that was in that book, uh, you know, as, as a showcase because it's a Kirby, right? Jack Kirby yep, drew it. Yep. Right. So, and just that. The guy in the front and Galactus just always stuck out because the 90s were, besides Spider-Man and Wolverine, X-Men, those three, very cosmic, right? The stories yeah. were cosmic with Silver Surfer, Galactus, Thanos, the Infinity Gauntlet. Um, so this definitely like... Secret Wars, and yeah. But I don't remember 49. I mean, I, I it looks familiar, but this is the one I've always known, right? Yeah. For that yeah, one. I think most people, I think more people would recognize this cover over 49. I just think 49 is a slightly better Oh, cover, yeah. Right? 
yeah, when you look at them, but this one's iconic. They're all three of them. The whole the whole series, like you said, the story itself, the the covers, Kirby. And I'm not not to knock Kirby, and and we can we can um, you know debate this another day. But I never liked Kirby's art. Again, oh, he was really? he compared to others I knew and others I've seen since that time. I thought Bushema, I thought Ramada were all better than Kirby. But I'm not going to knock Kirby. I'm just saying if I had to choose a book based on artwork, I would choose from from the Bronze Age, definitely a Ramita book or a, or a Bushema book like that Silver Surfer for. Just that, Silver just way, I mean, that's a, it's a great cover. No knock on Kirby. I mean, we wouldn't have what we had today without him. So I'm just saying if I've always thought that his artwork was different, but it's very, you know, it's his work, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you can, can recognize, tell. you can recognize Kirby, no doubt. I mean, I stand by the whole Jack the King Kirby. He's my guy, number one. If we, you know, we definitely should have a, an artist podcast. That'd be a, a great episode, I think. Yeah, no um, knocking him. I mean, granted, he started all of it. Uh, who started? I don't, I don't know. But again, he's iconic in that King Kirby, like you said. So yeah, nothing, and I, nothing and I'll, I'll agree with you though. Silver Server 4 is definitely a better cover than these two without question, in my opinion yeah all right well let's get into get into my list here and first off what i'll what i'll talk about is you know our first episode we gave our background as to you know how we got back into to where we started and how we got back into it so for whatever reason i i went to a comic shop i think i mentioned this in our on our first podcast but i got it back to this comic shop at the tail end of COVID, i guess tail end of 2021 and you know, was just amazed by the books there and the values and, and thought, let me go back and check my books. Let me go back and see what I have and realized that I had sold some books during, you know, prior to COVID just because I wasn't collecting anymore. And so my goal when I started 2022 was to buy back the books that I had traded or sold. So that was my first focus. Now that's not going to be the first book I'm going to show. Um, but through that, getting back in to acquire those books, took me to the antique stores, the flea markets and auctions. And all that has culminated this throughout 2022 with finding books, being able to trade those books for those books I wanted. Uh, so all that has basically helped me get the, the, the acquisitions I had. Uh, started off just trying to get the books I traded or lost and then turned out finding, you know, even, even some more books uh, throughout the time. So we start with now this one we'll talk about again later on i don't have this book anymore i traded this book but it was one i found at a flea market uh back in my hometown i went there sunday morning i was you know staying in my parents house in the morning or my dad's house i got up went to this auction or excuse me this flea market and going through a bunch of long boxes wasn't finding much and there was a couple guys going through them and the guy who had that section of the flea market came up and said you guys here's some things i found and he had this book and a new mutants 87 but it was the reprint second print the gold book and i think a, a third one now he thought that new mutants 87 was the bigger book so he won 100 bucks for all those three books and i knew this one was counterman because i just saw it on comic tom or something i would have not known who that guy was on the cover because it is pretty iconic that pink and that weird guy coming out of the door it's a weird book and i was like hundred dollars heck yeah and i ended up trading this book uh to someone on instagram for a bunch of other things you know he, he basically gave me almost i think 10 books for it and uh i, I 
and I wish I would have kept this one because I didn't want to get it graded and I was worried that I wouldn't be able to keep it in good condition. Um, so, you know, I wasn't in grading at the time. This was earlier in the year, but it's a cool book to find out of nowhere. I mean, I did not expect to find this book at a, at a flea market. It was beat to heck, probably a 2-0. Um, but hopefully the gentleman who has it got it cleaned and maybe got it graded. But it's it's a cool book and one uh, one I'd like to find again. Yeah, our our first one of our first couple conversations was regarding the trade of this book. So definitely. Yeah, that. I know you're like after I did the trade, you're like oh, I probably want to trade that. <laughs> I think I said it before you traded it. <laughs> and I was like I I didn't I, for the, whatever reason I I thought you know it wasn't gonna I don't know if I could have kept the golden age. It was kind of beat, and I didn't want to you know I'd rather have it graded and preserved than when it was beat like that. But yeah. I thought I could have found a better copy, but. Either way, um, someone else is enjoying it now. That's all right. That's part of what we do. Exactly. Next book I just got within a probably about a month ago is Submariner One. This is an iconic cover that I remember trading, you know, back to the '90s. Uh, a book I didn't comprehend buying. I don't, I'm not sure if it was out of our price range at the time, but it was. It was definitely a book I wanted, but didn't come across very often, at least back then. Uh, but one I always wanted to have in my collection just because I like the cover and to get one graded. I didn't care what grade as long as, like you said earlier, you know, with that um, uh, Marvel Spotlight 5, as long as it presents, that's that's the most important part for us. We're not we're not looking for 9.8s, at least when it comes to these books. And yeah, buy the book, not the grade. That's right. Next one. Now, these first three were all, these are honorable mentions, okay? So Sub 1 is a great cover. I love it. Tech 20 or 239 was a great cover. Cool book. Cool to find in the wild. This is another one I found in the wild. This is Iron Man 39. This is just a great cover, in my opinion. It's origin, the, the retelling of the story of Iron Man. That's the key to it. Maybe a $100 book. It's not in the greatest shape, but it presents pretty well. Again, I'd love to get it graded. i just not familiar as much with how CGC does books from 1975 and prior. I know there's some extra cost to it and whatnot. So uh, I don't know well enough what kind of grade it come back as to send it in. So it looks good as it is now. So again, yeah, I think um, if you said it's about a hundred dollar book, you could do it on the economy option for CGC. Okay. Maybe we'll have to talk about that. Cause there are a few like this that I have that are pre 75 that I'd love to send in and get slabbed. This is definitely one of them. It's just, it's one of my honorable mentions. I found at an antique store and got paid 40 bucks for it. Wasn't a screaming deal but it was a decent enough deal for that type of a cover. And uh, when I was at Ollie's, the uh, little supermarket or, or uh, what do you call it, bargain outlet, they have this poster and a uh, giant poster. So now I have the poster and the comic. It's pretty cool that uh, that they made it that way. So, uh, so now starting with my top 10. Number 10 here I have is Silver Surfer. Number four, I already talked about Iconic Bushema cover. My grade is presents well, lower grade, just got it in, worked a deal with a gentleman on Instagram to get it. Uh, I'm just happy to have it, to display it, just like that sub one. I think that's just iconic. It goes back to my childhood of seeing these and uh, in different various magazines, <coughs> wanting to find them in the wild, wanting to get them. They weren't available. They still are hard to find in any show, in my opinion. When you go to a comic show, you're not going to see these often. And if you do, they're going to be some good money. Um, so I'm happy to have it. One I probably tried to draw many, many times as a kid. It's just a cool looking cover. 
you know, on this cover too, I personally think this is my favorite depiction of Thor um, on that cover. Like, I really like how Bushima draws him in this with the, how his helmet looks, his face. I think this is my favorite depiction of Thor. Yeah, I would agree. I think he looks good. Then, then the the rainbow. Um, what's that called? That the Bifrost. Bifrost. The, yeah, that looks dope there. with the cover through. Yeah. And then the background, you can see Midgard or what's it? Or, uh, Asgard, Asgard. Asgard there. Midgard's Earth, right? Yeah. <laughs> but so I just think it's a great cover and glad to have it. Maybe someday I'll upgrade the 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 grade, but at this point, just a great one to display. Yeah. So number nine. Disregard Venom on the right there, but Marvel Superheroes number twenty. This Doom cover. This is not a great grade. It, in my opinion, it presents well enough for what I paid for it. Happy to have it. I think, Rohan, you helped me find this this book from a gentleman you knew. Yeah. And it's just a great display book. No idea. It's probably a 1.5, maybe a 2.5, somewhere in that range. Um, but I just think it presents well enough. It's a cool book. Doom yeah. is one of, my, one of my favorite villains. Not portrayed well in the movies yet, and I'm hopeful that he will become a... Uh, a Thanos level villain in the MCU. And I think I think it's definitely coming. It. Definitely coming. And everybody is holding Doom books, or if they're selling them, they're selling them for a lot. Yep. Nobody's coming. Next book, this is number uh eight for me. This is Dark Knight Returns. This is the second printing. Wish I had the first printing. This one I found on eBay, and it's iconic for many reasons. Frank Miller has so many iconic covers he's done through the time through daredevil wolverine and this book this book has a great story i'm reading through it now i've mentioned on previous podcasts i don't like to read books i just like the i just like the covers but this is definitely one i'm trying to get into because it was from what i understand a great storyline about superman batman and a grizzled old batman and it's just a great iconic cover the um the original artwork originally just sold for like 2.4 million dollars uh at auction for this particular just to cover you know i've googled a few times best batman covers and on several of the lists this is number one it wouldn't be my personal number one but this one is often at number one i don't it wouldn't be mine either but it's definitely in the top five and i, yeah. I don't know why it sold for as much as it did the original artwork at two 2.4 million i think i think all original artwork just goes for that kind of money Right, like there's a page from Secret Wars 8, the Black Spider-Man oh. jazz hands. Just not the cover, but the original art from a page within that of Spider-Man went for three-something million dollars. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, it's a great cover. I'm, I'm glad to have a copy of it. I wish it was, uh, you know, first printing. Uh, this one, like I said, it was, it was an eBay purchase. And when I got the eBay purchase back, when it was delivered, it was the trade paperback. And I emailed the guy back and said, hey, this is not what you had the picture of. And he said, oh, my apologies, he or she, and said, you know, don't don't bash me yet. I'm going to re I'll send, resend it out to you. So for 10 bucks, I got the trade paperback and the second printing. Now, I was trying to trade this, this, sec, this second printing at a recent show, and none of the dealers wanted it. They all want first printing. So I'll hold on to it for 10 bucks. It's a, it's a great book. You know, no difference in first printing, but one day maybe we'll come across first printing, but there's no difference on cover. So it's just iconic and I'm, I'm glad to have it. Um, next one, this is our top Batman cover right here, Batman 423. I love Todd McFarlane, every one of all of his artwork. It's a book that I did not have as a kid. 
didn't even, I don't think I knew about it. No, uh, I know did I. I didn't know about it either. I knew he did Incredible Hulk, and I knew he did Spider-Man, <laughs> and Amazing Spider-Man. Um, and other than that, I mean, I might have known the Coyote that he did prior to coming to Marvel. Uh, but, you know, I collected as many Hulk books as I could and as many of the Spider-Man books, books that I could that he had, he had drawn and obviously spawned. Um, I did not know he did Batman. I yeah. found this one at a uh, at a con at a paper con. So basically, they were selling books, artwork, and comics, and I got this book raw for fifteen bucks. And As I couldn't believe I could not believe it was the newsstand for fifteen bucks. I got a ton of stuff that day that I couldn't believe I got, and sent it out to CGC. It, I knew it was a little rough; it wasn't in the best condition. But it definitely presents well. I maybe I could have cleaned and pressed it and got it higher, and, and maybe we'll do that someday. But it's just iconic cover. Happy to have it slabbed for fifteen bucks plus what twenty to get it slabbed. You know, that's a that's a good investment <sighs> into that book just to just to have it. Just like Silver Surfer Four. You know, yeah. buying the book not the grade, and this is what this book's about. Great cover. One, uh, not a childhood book, childhood book, but childhood favorite artist in my opinion. So glad to have that one to add. Um, this is one I wanted just because, uh, this is Lobo first appearance of Lobo Omega men number three and Lobo, in my opinion, when I collected as a kid was supposed to be the next Wolverine or the Wolverine of DC, DC right? And so I wanted this book and the iconic picture of Lobo is always Lobo one, where you see his smiling face on the whole cover, right? And this, I thought that was the first Lobo, but found out this was actually his first appearance. And so this one eluded me as a kid. And I found this at an antique store near me. The guy had two of them. One was graded at an 8.0 and he wanted, still wants $150 for it. And he had this one in a case in the back. And he's like, oh, I said, how, you know, I saw that Lobo book graded and it, it's a CBCS graded Lobo, you know, 8.8.0. And I said, ah, oh, that's kind of high for that book. And he goes, oh, I have another one. So he walks me to the back and pulls this one out. And I was like, this is a much better copy than the one graded. And he wanted 50 bucks for it. Uh, maybe I got it for 40. We'll see. But I thought it, I thought it was going to be even a nine, eight, the way it looked. It was so such a pristine, clean book. And it's a cool cover. It's iconic in, in the DC sense. But Lobo looks nothing like that now. He will look nothing like that in the when James Gunn brings him to the big screen. But overall, it's just a, it's a cool book. And yeah, I, I mean, it as a kid and finally got it. If you ever watch any like hot 10 videos, like I watch uh, Mighty Comics' hot 10 videos every week. This has been on the hot 10 seven weeks in a row now, uh, somewhere in the top 10. Um, and obviously, it's because of the whole Jason Momoa is going to play Lobo, Rumor, and James Gunn going to use Lobo, all that, obviously. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And, and I wanted him because I felt that he would be that Wolverine-type character for DC maybe he's more of a i think he's maybe more of a deadpool character for dc and um what's her name um she's she was in the uh, suicide squad blonde hair harley quinn. harley quinn i think harley quinn has become that batman adventures is you know a couple thousand dollar book if you find it in high grade and i think that's the more comparable book to hulk 181 in the dc yeah. universe but Either way, I wanted this book, and I found a second one in the wild at an at an antique store for two bucks. Nice. It wasn't as good a grade. Ended up trading that one, and I got a um, 
Miles Morales or Ultimate Comics one for it. So I was able to trade it. Probably should have kept both of them, but I think both both have upside potential here. Miles Morales and uh, and Lobo. So at least I got one of each. But cool book. Happy to have it. Like I said, I always wanted this one as a kid. So um, speaking of Deadpool, New Mutants 98. This is my number five book acquisition of this year. They're a dime a dozen. They're everywhere. You can get them anytime you want on eBay. It was one I could never find though as a kid. And like Deadpool a lot. I'm a Liefeld, Liefeld, excuse me, Liefeld fan. Um, his early artwork is great. His later artwork got sloppy, <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, this this cover is great. I it's like he he really could those covers popped. And I wanted this book but never could find it. I had X Force Two, so I had his second appearance, but I I just never came across this book. So I pulled the trigger early on in the collecting. Again, a book I didn't have as a kid wanted so i got it and uh may have paid overpaid for it but i think it'll it'll even out in the end once this movie uh the ne next deadpool movie comes out because ryan reynolds is who deadpool sh who should play deadpool just like jason momo was the guy who should be playing lobo i think those are spot on tony stark and i and uh or excuse me robert, robert Downey Jr. and I, iron man i mean those are three perfect fittings perfect fittings so um just a great cool book always wanted it Glad to have it. Wish I'd have found it in the wild, but didn't come didn't come that way. Uh, next book number. Let's see. This is gonna be number four on my list. This is Amazing Spider-Man 238. John Romita Jr. Right, artist on this book. Had this book as a kid, and at a comic show, a guy wanted to buy. I had two box. I brought a box of comics with me, and then a couple couple books outside of the box I was looking to trade and the guy said how much do you want for that whole box and I, <laughs> and I gave him a number and he bought the box and I must have forgot to take out the ASM 238 from that box and it's got sold for, with the box of the other dollar comics that was in that stupid box I have and I said to myself I got to get this book back and through some of the things I found at antique stores and auctions I was able to make some decent trades get some cash and add a book that I paid next to nothing for to get this. Now I didn't pay 650 for it, um, a lot less than that, but still, this is a nice showing book. It's got the it's got the tattoos. It's an eight and a half on CBCS. I do think I could crack it, send it into the CGC, and get closer to a nine two maybe on it. I don't think I'll ever do that, but at least that's an option. But it's one I stupidly got rid of, kicking myself as a kid. Didn't pay attention. Gave up a pretty sweet book. That was, again, there was a lot of hype for Ned, uh, Superman or Spider-Man's best friend playing Ned ne Ned in the next, Ned Leeds in the next movie. And that kind of died off. But I think if in the next Spider-Man movie with, uh, what's his name? Um, Holland, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Um, if uh, his best friend in the show becomes Hobgoblin and doesn't just die off at the end of that first movie, in that particular movie, this may have some staying power like Venom. Yeah, so on, on this cover, this is John Romita Jr. So John Romita Sr. is probably the most classic thought of Spider-Man artist from the Silver Age out after Ditko left. I personally think Romita Jr. is not good. That being said, this cover is his Sistine Chapel. Like, yep. This cover is awesome. Everything else, though, I think is 
pretty crap. But this he, is he awesome. Does some, he does some decent covers, but you're right. A lot of people knock him. I think you can knock Liefeld the same way. He's done some great covers, some, like you said, some Sistine Chapels, like New Mutants 98 or, you know, X-Force 1. But then he's done some sloppy, and, and that happens. I don't see too many McFarlane books like that, <laughs> you know. So some some of these artists fall into that into that uh, that realm. It, it, this this is definitely I, iconic for him. His his best his best work. Um, but a great cover. Glad to have it slabbed again. One I had to go back and get, and uh, had to work to get this one. Um, took me the whole show, walking back and forth, working these dealers to try to get some of this that money to uh to trade for this but happy to have it back yeah now this next one and that's let's see what went too far i don't have a picture of it my in between is going to be and i for, i guess i didn't put it in here is punisher number one uh a book so i don't have a picture of it because it's an iconic cover in itself mike zek it's it's one I saw as a kid at the in, or at the comic book sh stores. My mom said that's too violent. You can't have that book. She was she wouldn't buy it. <laughs> the only one I was able to buy was the other Punisher one, the '87, the the main story. I'm talking the Punisher miniseries book where he's shooting the guns at, at out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, that is one that I wanted to so iconic, great cover, um, you know, and I wasn't able to get it as a kid. Didn't see it very often. It was usually overpriced when I did see it, so I never did buy it. Wasn't really allowed to until I got older, and and then I just wasn't able to get it. But um, it was definitely a cool, cool book. Have it on the shelf somewhere. Somewhere back there. But uh, it was one of my definite needed to have since childhood, and I was able to get it. Next one, Spider-Man 300. My my favorite artist, my buddy McFarlane. Um, great cover this book i had this book as a kid and during my time during that you know late 2018 2017 i decided i wasn't going to collect much anymore i hadn't been into it for years and i thought i'll just sell some books and and uh, i ended up selling 298 99 and 300 for cheap and i was once i got back into it i said i, I gotta that's the first book i gotta get and I went back to the same person I sold the book to, and he no longer had it, but he had it. And my look back at the pictures, because I, I smartly, I took a picture of everything I traded at the time. So I went back to see, and the ASM that I traded or, or sold back then was a direct copy. Now, I know there's a little bit of difference between the two, direct and newsstand. Um, either way, I didn't know that as well when I got back into it early this year. And the two copies the guy had were both newsstands. So it was probably a 6.0. I bought it for 500 bucks, 400 bucks, some, somewhere like that. And I just said, this is the only book I'm going to buy this year. <laughs> I just have to get that book back because I wasn't as into it as we are now. You know, start off slow and hear how, how far we've come. But this is the book that basically started it all for me this year was getting back and getting this book. And I bought it from the guy and probably overpaid for it. It wasn't the same book, but I was just happy to have it. And then the next show uh, I went to, prior, actually before the next show I went to, actually the first show of the year, I ended up buying this graded copy because I wanted a better presenting copy of it because I didn't want to send it in to get to CGC. I'd much rather buy it. So I paid a decent buck for this book, 
but I wanted a nice looking copy that was affordable. So I got this one here, the 9-2, went to the next show in a couple hours north of me, and I ended up trading that one that I had bought back just a couple weeks earlier, thankfully, and I got a bundle of books for it. So I got a good, a good deal out of it, got my money back for it, but um, I had to get it back just because it was an iconic cover. I should never <coughs> have it. Um, I have no idea what grade mine was. Probably it's, you know, 7.0 or 8.0, somewhere in that range, but just kicking myself for getting rid of stuff. I also wonder if anyone's done like an official count, but like, is this the most homage cover in comics? Like I, homage being that they have taken this design and just reused it for dozens of other characters, right? Spawn, every Spider-Gwen, Miles Morales. There's a whole cover like this. The next issue, 301, is this exact cover, but with red suit and a white background. Like, it is done so many times. And so I, I'm curious if it is the most homaged cover. Well, what's funny about it is that this cover was an homage the following in 301. <laughs> yeah, so I was you know, just saying, yeah, said, it's red suit white, with white background. Yeah, so he homaged himself the second, <laughs> the next printing he did. Yeah. And then he did it himself again for all those Spawn books. So it probably is. That one, I think now Hulk 340 is becoming more of a oh, yeah, yeah, more that's, so yeah. now. But this one is definitely probably leaps and bounds above any other book. But yeah, um, it's a great book. I'm glad to have it back. Um, maybe someday I'll trade trade down just to get a better presenting copy or not. Maybe get a lower grade, but just as good presenting copy because really, you know, unless you got a nine eight, there's really no difference, you know, between probably seven and nine six. You know, if there's no crease on the cover, you can't see it, won't make a difference. So, yeah. And then my top book for the year ASM. Big one. Amazing Spider Man 129. Uh, my favorite character was the Punisher, hence why I had to get that Punisher one book. And I slowly worked my way up to getting his first appearance this year. Um, I did not trade for it, I did not sell a bunch of stuff. I basically just pulled the trigger on eBay. Um, stupidly <laughs> you know in a in, in a ebay bidding war uh i got it i think i may have overpaid a little bit for it uh this book will come back to this level um, oh, yeah. I'm, sure you, I'm sure you can get a, a a cheaper copy now in that same grade but it's iconic cover for me and you we both uh you know this is one i wanted to find years ago and it was even pricey then just like in our last episode the 181 um it was an expensive yeah. book that we weren't able to or i wasn't able to buy as a kid and when you think about first appearances and like an ideal first appearance is with them on the cover right i've already mentioned hulk 181 is my all-time favorite cover but like take that out this is the best first appearance cover like does not get better than that yep i it pops it's yellow again hulk 180 and 181 the yellow and the red and then you got this book in yellow it just pops and when they redid this book marvel tales and again if you find the marvel tales version of this that's a it's not a cheap book to buy it's 50 bucks or something because most marvel tales books aren't worth much but they redid it in a red cover yeah so almost like you know the hulk 181 and 180 right so it's kind of cool but it definitely pops I struggled the first show I went to my my goal was to get this book or that hobgoblin you know the ASM 238 and the people that had it had it for a couple thousand they weren't even graded and they weren't even going to trade for it so 
you know, I finally just had to pull the trigger on eBay. And it's not a great story for how I acquired how I acquired my Grail book. I'm hoping our acquisition of 181 will have a better story than this one. <laughs> but it's just uh, sometimes you got to pull the trigger and when it's in front of you there on eBay, because it's I mean, it, it, you know, it's a five five. It's mid grade. It's uh, a oh. custom cover, custom label. It's a great presenting book. It looks great um, for the for the uh, for the grade of it. So I'm happy to have it. Um, I got a whole shelf of Punisher books uh, because I was able to keep my Punisher one, the 87 uh, ongoing unlimited series book, the green cover. I got that one graded. I got my Punisher one mini series and I got my ASM 129 all on my on my top shelf up there. So happy to have them. They look good together. So it's a nice fitting book. So. Yeah. But that is where we went in 2022. Started yeah. off low for me. I guess we'll we'll call it a big acquisition to drop a couple hundred bucks on a book, being fresh into the into it. And then I spent my time antiquing it up and antique stores finding some stuff. And then ended with I think that Silver Surfer's last book I bought. So um, quite the journey this year, I would say. What are the uh, regrets misses for you for 2022? The uh, miss for me is going to be the regret. Actually, let me go back to it. Is Batman? Batman two thirty nine. I probably may buy this again. I may eBay this book in a graded version. Um, I'm sure this one will present fine. It could be clean fine. I, you know, when I had this book, I have some friends of mine who are who are big into collecting mostly golden age and silver age they don't they don't touch the modern stuff and i sent them pictures of the book and they i said could you guys clean and and upgrade this and they said probably not sent it to somebody else who had who was being advertised through one of the you know uh youtube shows i watch they didn't even answer me back they said maybe they didn't even give me very good information on what they could do to the book so i thought oh, i'm not going to mess with it with my luck it'll fall apart you know, if I don't get it preserved, so I got rid of it, and I'm I'm happy to get rid of it because the books I got, I was able to trade for some other things I got now, um, like a, I think I have a Web of Spider-Man 118, which is the first appearance of the Scarlet Spider. I got the Ultimate Comics one, so and I got a Deathlock or Astonishing Tales 25, another one I wanted as a kid. So there was some good that came out of the trading of this book, but um, you know. I put on on Instagram said available for trade, and someone hit me up right away, and and uh, the deal sounded good, and it was a good deal uh, for both of us, but uh, kind of wish I'd have kept it. Yeah. How about yourself? Uh, I don't have any uh, misses in terms of like I wish I would have bought that. Um, since I just started in 2022, like my tastes have definitely evolved. As I said, now I'm into the kind of the bigger Grail type books, but I was able to take what I spent money on and trade like nine of those 10 books i had were all via trade um so in the end it all worked out my regret though uh is i did spend some money on getting books signed um not that those are bad things right as a kid i loved getting athletes to sign my hats my cards my jerseys whatever right so like i've always been a fan of signature stuff and as I started trading uh, for these books that I showed, you really start to learn that like a lot of people don't 
like signatures on their comic books for whatever reason. And so I just, I really learned that like, while a signature I think is still cool, it's hard to actually gain any value um, with the signature, right? Unless it's maybe Stan Lee or Jack Kirby, for instance, or Todd McFarlane seems to be the one that has good premium on it. Um, so I regret getting as many things as I did sign. That being said, I would say like if, if there's a book you know that you would hold forever in your PC, you know, don't be against getting that signed if you have an opportunity necessarily, right? Because you're not needing to use that to go to another book. Um, but if you're getting books that you know may, you may hold for a while, but you do tend to use to get bigger books, whatever, it's just a lot easier to move books that are unsigned in my opinion. There's a wider spectrum of people that would be interested in that book if it's unsigned than it would be if it's signed. Oh, okay. So that's just kind of what I learned in this trading for the last few months. Um, so have you been that, have you been able to use your signature books for trades? So I have in a in a sense. So the guy I've mainly been trading with, he doesn't take any of the signature ones because he says he has a hard time reselling them. Huh. So what I have been able to do is I am able to sell those and so use the cash from the sale of those as like if there's makeup value I've got to come with in a trade. Like his book that I'm trading for is $1,000 and I've got $800 in trade. Well, good. I sold this one signature book for $200 so I can use that money. So I still kind of consider that in the trading flipping process. So it's still, oh, not, right. new, it's still not new money to me. Um, so again, you can sell signature books for sure. It's just, in my opinion, like it's, you're going to work a little harder. So if the book's not forever PC and you, you're going to use it for something else, like my advice would be not to get it signed. Cause you're going to have a wider pool of people that want it if it's unsigned. And yeah. I get it. Like, it just, if you look at like pricing on books, like getting it signed by anyone that's not, like I said, Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, or Todd McFarlane, like the premium you're getting is not much. No. And, you know, I was one that there's a, there's a show that that's been going on in my hometown for a number of years. It's the steel city con in Monroeville, Pennsylvania. So it's, uh, it's in a convention center. It's been going on since, I don't know, at least 10, 15 years, I think. And I never got in, you know, they had plenty of actors and artists there. And I never wanted to get in line because I, I can't stand st standing in line to get a signature and um, take up the whole day. I'd rather go around and try to trade or sell books. And that's what my goal was at, at the shows. So getting back into this year, I did not get books graded either. That was something I didn't even contemplate doing. And through talking with you, you know, there are those signature series that CGC has. And I think I missed the uh, the Ramada one. You got your Hobgoblin signed? Which yeah, Ramita by Ramita. Ramita yeah. got it signed. Um, Jim Lee had one, and then McFarlane had one. So, you know, I missed the first two, Ramita, and I missed um, Jim, Jim Lee. Lee. And then with McFarlane, I had already, after it got announced, my um, books had already been sent in to CGC for... Uh, for grading and one of the books was you know, Hulk 340 and Batman 423 both books I would have got signed um, had I known I would have held back and maybe got one of those books signed maybe both um, I would not have cracked my ASM 300 to get it signed 
I was worried. I've heard horror stories that yeah. sometimes those will come back in lower grade. Yeah. And even though the signature would have made up for it, I, you know, you're paying 120 bucks for McFarland's signature on top of what I paid for that book. I would have had to get, you know, some big money out of that book just to, just to sell it. And I don't know if I could have done that. So, so I didn't do it. And I, that could be one of my regrets for, for this year is maybe <coughs> sending one book into McFarland. But I, I think for, like you were saying, having that one iconic book signed, not just having any book signed or having that one artist. So like your favorite Jim Lee book get signed, my favorite McFarland book, get that signed, you know, just one, just to have one PC book. And I, I don't want to send my books back in to get them cracked and regraded and all that stuff. Cause, yeah, cause my hope book came back like a nine, two, and I didn't want it to come back any less. Yeah. And again, he couldn't, he couldn't have hurt that, that Batman 423 <laughs> at a 7-0. I don't think he could have done worse than that. So signing that would have been good, but it was too late after it got, uh, got back to me and it's like, Oh, he's signing books. Let me send it back out. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, those, uh, those are part of the, you know, part of our regrets for, for the year. Um, I do agree. Maybe I would have liked to get one signed, and you figure you probably want to want to want to focus on all the signatures. Um, at least would have got one signed. But um, so next, as we end here today, I think we can maybe go into our targets for 2023. What are your thoughts? Going yeah, to targets let's, let's, and then let's do the targets, and then maybe we'll do like a 2022 recap part two and do the movie stuff next time. Okay, that works. Uh, yourself targets for 2023. I don't have pictures of everything. Um, I'll just share one picture. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously target number one. That was our whole yep. previous episode. Um, and again, like I'll name off several books here. Um, but kind of with the budget that I have for, for comic books, um, it's really only, my list is only too long, right? It's Hulk 181. Like you see here. Uh, and the one JP has and showed his number one book, which is ASM 129. Um, so strategizing to get those two books, um, is my top 2023 goal. Um, obviously you may find, I have, as I've mentioned before, I have a list of books that I want to get for the next 15, 20 years on that list. I've also kind of narrowed down, um, a handful of books that I would put as the highest of priorities being, um, fantastic Four number 12, which is the first Hulk and thing encounter. ASM, Amazing Spider-Man uh, 14, which is the first appearance of Green Goblin. Um, and like Journey into Mystery 85, which is the first appearance of Loki. Um, but I think those will probably be post-2023, so that'd be in the next couple years. But the two for 2023, Hulk 181, ASM 129. Yep. For myself, and one of the things I noticed between our two lists is that yours is mostly, is almost all Silver Age. You yeah, got maybe one Bronze Age, which you would say the giant size X Men one is Bronze Age, but everything else is or uh, Silver Age, right? Uh, Marvel Spotlight five is a Bronze Age. Um, is the Iron Man Bronze Age or is Iron Man 50, Iron Man fifty five? The first Thanos is Bronze Age. Iron Man one is Silver Age. And the majority of my books are all Bronze Age themselves, except for that Tech two thirty nine. <laughs> But just I just noticed the difference in that. I mean, minor the significance of mine are more of like childhood ones. Yours were the childhood ones that you saw, like probably said, "Oh my God, one day I'll get that book." Right? Yeah. You know, so it's it was similar, but definitely we have we have very similar tastes. But 
our top 10 list of this year are just different in silver versus bronze age. Just my, just my, um, my, um, heaviness on the bronze age. But, um, when I look at the 20, 2023, they're the whole 81 and ASM 29, both bronze. bronze. Yeah. I mean, you're, but then you got, well, fantastic 412 is, I don't know if that's considered bronze that, or silver. That's silver. Jim, Jim 85 is silver and ASM 14 is silver. And then you got a couple of those, uh, uh, Batman books you had on there too, as, as uh, yeah. out there, you know, 20, yeah, 2024 age. and beyond. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, and just real quick. I know we had uh, a couple of people told me that sometimes we use a lot of the lingo and they may not know what we're talking about. So with comic books, there's kind of ages that they talk about the golden age is kind of like the first books, right. From the forties into the fifties. And then from like 60 to 70 is the silver age. I think now, don't quote me on this. These are rough. And I think 70 to 84 is bronze, 84 to like 92 is copper. And then everything from 92 on is kind of considered modern. Okay. Yeah. And that's the thing I ran into that myself on uh, CGC's, uh, one of their, what do you call it? Um, Tears. Forums. And uh, I was asking a question about polybag and I said it was a copper age. And someone said, your book is not copper age, it's modern. And I was like, <laughs> Well, okay, buddy, <laughs> you're yeah. in the wrong thread. I'm like, excuse me. To, yeah. to me, to me, there's there was that in between bronze and modern is copper, right? Yeah. You know, but I thought that extended a little bit further into the 90s than 92. Yeah, yeah. So, and just my, my also mistake. on that note for defining terms, we've said CGC a lot. CGC is the main grading company out there. Um, they're the ones that put that slab and the number on it that says like what value or grade the book is. CBCS, it was uh, JP's Hobgoblin book. Uh, that's the other grading company out there. Like there are a few others, but it's like others. market share wise, CGC is like 75, 80%. And then nice. CBCS is probably like 15%. Yeah, that's the CBCS right there. And then a handful of other guys make up a couple 5% or less of the market, I would say, is my guess. I don't know exactly. And the thing of it is, is you can, when you're on eBay, the hope is that maybe you get a CBCS book less than the CGC and, and you can crack it, which means you bust it out of the case, resubmit it to CGC because their books command some type of a, of a, of a premium. But I don't normally see PGX or ESG. I don't see those books for too much less, especially in big yeah. name books like Hulk, that you would be able to buy them and crack them and resubmit them and get some get some upside on that because yeah and know I, that's what you do i would google like if you're gonna go p if you're gonna go anything that's not cgc like do some research on the grading companies there's all kinds of things you'll find out that you should learn about before uh, but cgc is kind of considered the gold standard and like especially as you get towards the ultra grails like the gap widens like i think jp i showed you uh, a Tales of Suspense 39, which is the first appearance of Iron Man. And I want to say, what was it? It was like a CGC 6.0 went for like 200,000. I get, I don't remember the exact numbers. We'll just say it's like 200,000. And the CBCS 8.0, so it was a higher grade, went for 40% less than the CGC lower grade. So cgc Big is difference. definitely your best value like in my opinion i don't know why 
you don't only use CGC, especially now, like their turnaround times are cooking. Like it's, it, it, there's a reason like they have that premium now. Yeah. And I, I would only, I try to only buy the CGCS CGC books. Um, my hobgoblin one was, that's the only one I could find in that show. And it was a decent grade. And again, I could probably crack it, but again, just to have the book was okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, but CBCS, I think the only, you know, unless it's a screaming deal, right, that you see online, the only other reason to use them, and this is what I've got through some of the streams I've watched or YouTube videos, is that CGCS, if you have a book signed, will not, unless they witness a signature, like the signature series they have with McFarlane or Jim Lee, and they do it in-house, if you, if they don't have anything, even a certificate of authenticity, yeah, they, they will. will not, they, they yeah. will, like, qualified or purple label or something or green label I mean, i'll say like todd mcfarland written on cover or some crap right. like that right or, so yeah. so cgc has blue labels which means it's it's a universal grade if it comes back purple or green that means something wrong with the book yeah it's restored it or it's qualified like not complete yeah that green's qualified increases the value of your book huge right so what cbcs will do is if you submit a book to them that's signed they will they will uh, check the signature and make sure it's authentic and you'll yeah. come, your book will come back as an authentic signature. Yeah. You don't need to have an off, a, a signature authenticity guarantee with it. None of that. They will just check it. And I have a dread star one signed by Jim Starlin. I know it's Jim Starlin signed it. There's no authenticity <coughs> guarantee with it. And I know it's his, I'm going to send it to CBCS so I can get it slapped. Now CBCS will give you a gold label, but, they're, they will have, it'll either say verified signature, or if they witness it, it'll say witnessed signature. Right? So, yeah. They still will both get the gold label at CBCS. And we, we ran this recently with CBCS, even if their book is restored or missing the Marvel value stamp, like what happens yeah, a lot with Paul Quinity One, it'll still be blue label, CBCS yeah. blue label, and you have to read that it is that way. So you come back with a yeah. yellow label, meaning signed for CBCS and have to see, is it verified or witnessed? Yeah. So I, just a there. piece of advice for anybody out there that collects and maybe new to this. If you are going to get books graded, do a bunch of research and learn all the different things and nuances about this. And hell, you can hit JPRI up any day and I'm happy to share the wealth of knowledge that we've researched ourselves and learned from each other or from other people. Yeah. We took me a long time to finally submit my books this year. I'm glad I did it. I, I don't, I have some, I'm thinking about submitting again and I'm holding off. Um, Cause I, again, that 75 or later or earlier books, I'm kind of curious what that's going to cost to send them in. And um, I'm not one to, you know, raw is good for me too. If it's a way old book, maybe it needs to be restored or, or preserved. Uh, but if it's a modern book or 75, you know, older type book, that's in good shape. I'm not too worried about it, but that's more research you and I can talk about down the road um, when it comes to it. But we'll see if we do some more submitting. Um, but I think real quick, I'll go into my list. And again, Hawk 181 is on the cover still on the on our screen. It is my top grail to get this year uh, for for me. The next option is going to be a book that Rohan is going to send to me. Um, where's it at here? There it is. Oh, went right past it. That one, Giant Size X-Men number one. Uh, he'll just send it to me, and I'll take pictures and act like I have it, and I'll send it back uh -huh. to you. 
uh, but it is a it is a cool book. It's iconic. I'm a uh, besides um, Punisher Wolverine, and is one of my main favorite characters. Um, it's a book I saw back in the day and should have got it and didn't, and um, I want to get it this time again. It's another one like my it's another one like my Fantastic Four forty eight that I talked. It was like I always liked the cover. That was really cool. But like once I held it, I was like, damn, this is awesome yeah it's it just looks good when you hold it and say this is it you know this is the book you know yeah. just like the Hulk 181 i again i have reservations about the, spending that kind of money on a book i'm hoping i can trade for either one of these two books um yeah but it's, i trade it for my gsx one it is possible yeah no and again as long as maybe you don't get one graded maybe it comes to me raw and we send them in and maybe we'll do a bunch send in the cgc um but the, the third one here is I am Iron Man one. This is one that uh, iconic too for me. Another one like Sub Submariner one. I love seeing that big premiere issue stamp on it that they have on some of those books back in the day. And it would definitely be a cool one to add my to my collection of that Silver Age. Again, this is not the most expensive Iron Man book to have. Uh, Tales to Astonish thirty nine. Tells us suspense. Tales of suspense. Tells us suspense. 39 is the book to have, and it's almost unreachable, unreachable at that price. You know, I'm, I'm sure we could, you know, mortgage the house to get it or something, but yeah. how reasonable is that? But again, this is just, in my opinion, a great cover of a, of a great character who was a no character during our collecting times, but became much bigger thanks to uh, Robert Downey Jr. and the MCU. I think it's a yeah. book to have because it does have some some history for us because my kids grew up on Iron Man more so than you and I grew up with Spider-Man. I mean, they yeah. didn't see a Spider-Man movie until, you know, some year, few years back. <laughs> Sony finally brought him back to this. Well, again, you had he wasn't part of the MCU until recent. You did have the Sony books or movies, but this is definitely uh, – those are probably my top three with uh, Mr. Wolverine being the uh, the top acquisition target this year. I got my Red Rider, and I'm – my hunting gear, and I'm ready to find it on these days. So Let's go. So, yeah, we'll uh... – Maybe do a part two to recap 2022. We'll talk about movies and shows and things like that. Yeah, because I think we'll, we'll, maybe we can we can put it together with 2022 shows and and you know, movies and shows, and then what's coming up in 2023 and how those may affect the books we're going to get or the books we're trying to get and what's going to happen to MCU and the DCU in 2023. Yep. So love it. Stay tuned for that, guys. Appreciate your time today. Uh, try to keep this to an hour or below. Uh, enjoy talking about our, our last year and how our collecting went into overdrive, we'll say. Started out slow, went through the different gears, and here we are revving forward into 2023, trying to grow that collection. So, yeah. Happy New Year's, guys. Happy New Year, everybody. Appreciate the time. Until next time, we will see you uh, soon. Thank <laughs> you.